Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Hello, Raider Nation, and let's go. Welcome back to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by SportsTime.com. As always, I am your host, Evan Grote. Please, before you do anything, I've got three things that I need you to do. Go out there, number one, and give me a follow on Twitter if you don't already. It's at egrote5. Second, please subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. And lastly, if you are a fan of the show, and you do subscribe. I'd like. Uh, I would really appreciate it if you would leave me a a, a nice five star review and rating. Uh, that's all I got for you. That's your three things you got to do on that to do list. Uh, but I am here with you now to discuss the the Raiders' fifteen thirteen win over the Miami Dolphins on Saturday night. The Raiders did move on to three and zero in the preseason. Uh, many of the players didn't make the trip in this one. Uh, some guys banged up. Coach McDaniel's told us that you know wanted to leave some of those guys behind and let them heal up. Um, many of you hoping to see some of those starters in this game. Gonna have to wait a little bit longer. Uh, before I get into some of my analysis of the game, I've got some positive takeaways here as well as some negative takeaways. I want to get you some audio from the head coach Josh McDaniels after the game on Saturday night. Let's take a quick listen to his assessment of the performance against the Dolphins. It was a uh, it was a good effort. Um, you know, the guy, a lot of guys played a lot of football tonight, and uh, you know, I thought they uh, they did a good job of trying to get off to a fast start, and then. Um, you know, played played the entire 60 minutes of the game, which is what it took for us to to win. And um, you know, we came here to do one thing: try to improve and and uh, also win the football game. So, appreciate the effort by the guys. Did a good did a good job of uh, you know playing for the entire four quarters. And there you heard the head coach of the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, talking about his uh, pleasure with the the effort and, and the way his team competed and needing all four quarters to win this game. And that's that's absolutely what it took. Uh, Raiders were behind in this game very late, uh, had a, a drive towards the end of the game, which allowed, uh, which set up Daniel Carlson's go-ahead 31-yard field goal. And, and the Raiders were fortunate enough that the Dolphins, uh, although they were able to drive the ball down the field, uh, were, were not successful on a 46-yard uh, field goal attempt to win the game. So, uh, as I said, the Raiders did move on to 3-0 now in the preseason. Um, and, and, and for those of you who follow me on Twitter, uh, you saw that over the weekend I tweeted out a bunch of different clips of plays, some good and some bad by, by, by certain players. So I'm, I'm sure that you pretty much have an, an idea, basic idea of what some of my thoughts are uh, from the game. I'm going to get you more details, more more details and thoughts here on the show. But as I have said now for a couple of weeks, I don't want to overanalyze preseason football games. But when you combine the reports that we are getting out of camp with what you are now seeing on film, um, and it's and it's been three games now, so it's a little bit larger of a sample size. 
Uh, some of the things that are obvious concerns, um, you know, are, are showing up more and more on the film. Uh, so I want to start there. I want to start with some of the negative takeaways from the game, and then, then I'll finish up uh, with the positives. I think what we saw on Saturday night continues to be the dominating story from camp, and and it's the struggles of the offensive line, uh, specifically on the right side and it was no different in this one in to me it seems like it seems like I'm piling on at this point um and, and kicking somebody when they're down but but getting to Alex Leatherwood I, he he really struggled badly in this one he was having a a difficult time in his past sets especially dealing with speed off the off the edge i can recall a couple of reps when he was also beat uh, with with a bull rush, so he he's struggling with with speed and power, um, and as you saw in the game, it, it got to the point where he was actually pulled from the game in the second quarter. Now, now I want you to think back, and I was thinking back myself. Have you ever seen a player get benched in a preseason game? Now, I I can't recall the time personally. I don't know about you. Um, but for as bad as his struggles are physically on the field, missing assignments and just just not getting the job done, what I think is even more concerning right now um, with what we're seeing with Alex Leatherwood is the body language. He looks dejected out there. He looks like a player who has lost all confidence in his ability. And so to me, that is the bigger problem right now. And I, and I think the battle for the right tackle job now is 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 between Thayer Munford and Jermaine Illuminor. And and um and honestly I think it's Illuminor's job to, to to lose at this point because I just don't think it's wise to put Munford out there. He he's he's not ready. He's a uh, he's a young player and he's just not ready. Uh so I do believe it's Illuminor's job uh to lose. We still don't know the status of Brandon Parker uh, the reports are that he could—I uh, I don't know if they're reports or maybe rumors—is a better word—that he could wind up going to to the um, IR. You know, hopefully we'll have a little bit more information on that here soon. But there's there's no way if you're Josh McDaniels that you could risk putting Derek Carr out there behind Alex Leatherwood at right tackle with the way that he is playing right now. Uh, he was facing starting caliber defensive lineman because the Dolphins played a lot of their starters on both sides on Saturday night and he struggled there is no other way around it um and I'm not trying to you know again kick somebody when they're down but the struggles are real it's all anyone's talking about and so it's hard to to see a path for Leatherwood right now uh to to get any playing time now I believe his his roster spot is safe uh mostly due to the salary that he's making i believe i, I looked it up the other 11 million dollars in dead cap space so that's a lot of money to pay someone if you're gonna cut them I, I just don't see that happening i guess crazier things have happened but um just just not what you wanted to see from last year's first round pick um alex leatherwood my, my other negative takeaway from the game 
And I'm going to comment on another offensive lineman here, and that's Lester Cotton. And I know that he has done a lot of good things uh, thus far in training camp. He's he's actually been receiving a lot of praise, and, and I and I really I'm really happy for for the kid. It's a great story because he's he's been so close, um, and he, he's came up short so many times, and he's just continued to work and work and work, and and it seems like he was really showing some signs of improvement this year, but. Honestly, if it weren't for Leatherwood struggles on Saturday night, you you might be hearing a little bit more about uh, the struggles that Cotton had. And you know, I've gone back and I've I've watched the game a second time now, and I just don't think he was great. Now, I'm not listen. I, I am not an offensive line guru. I'm not one of those uh, you know film grinders that are out there on Twitter who can you know break down offensive line play and and. The, the technical part of the game, I, I'm I'm not like that, um, but but from what I saw, I saw multiple plays where he looked bad, um, and, and maybe I'm being a little bit critical, um, but I, I do think he definitely has some warts as well. I mean, it's part of the reason why he was an undrafted free agent, and he hasn't really been able to stick on on a roster. Um, he does have warts, and you know, I I, I think what I saw last night, um, a couple, of, uh, well, at least one of the things that I saw him struggle with last night was was like engaging with the defender. I don't think he did a good enough job of, of getting his hands on the defensive tackle and, and really engaging um, the block I, 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 a couple of different times. And again, I talked about putting clips up on Twitter. I, these were a couple of the ones that I put up there. So go ahead and take a look. A couple of times where the defensive tackle would, would easily just, just swipe Cotton's hands away. And, and, and then get into the backfield. I mean, that's literally all it took was just a, a hand swipe, like a swim move kind of, and and Cotton would just move out of the way, uh, be pushed out of the way, I should say, and and the defensive tackle was, was able to create some disruption. So to me, that it was just way too easy uh, for the defense. Now, if Cotton should be the starting right guard along with Illuminor at right tackle, which I believe is the case at this point, that's a suspect right side uh, of the offensive line. And, and, you know, you could be the most optimistic person, uh, most optimistic fan, and I don't know how you could feel overly confident uh, with the prospects of that. So to me, the big question right now is, is will Dave Ziegler make a move and, and go out and, and get another right tackle to bring in? Uh, now, uh, those of you that follow Vic Tafer of The Athletic, he tweeted out last week that the Raiders, according to him, he is his sources are telling him that the Raiders do not love any of the free free agent um, options that are available out there right now at right tackle. So that could be uh, part of the reason why you have not seen a mood, a move uh, being made yet to this point. But I guess my question would be to to Dave Ziegler and the Raiders is, at what point have you seen enough? Like, w- how much more do you need to see uh, Leatherwood fail? Uh, you've already got Brandon Parker on the shelf. You know, the depth has now taken a hit. And I've heard them talk about how they felt like they had good depth. Well, that's taken a hit now. Um, y- you have to imagine that that conversation is being held uh, within the building. You know, how can they improve on that position? That that has to be a conversation that is at the forefront right now. Um, and as I said, the injury to Brandon Parker certainly threw a monkey wrench, I think, into their plans. 
uh, as we we still wait on word uh, of his status. But my, my logic is this. Clearly, the Raiders, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, they are in a win-now mindset. Based on the off-season moves that they made, those moves indicate to you that they believe there is a window to win now. And if that is the belief, and they believe there is a window right now, two to three years, whatever it may be, well, then you better sure up the offensive line because that could be the one thing that could hold this offense back and and, and really derail this season. So if you're all in on winning, then you got to go out there and address the right tackle. And that's 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 my opinion on that. Uh, we did discuss uh, last week there are going to be a lot of players uh, becoming available here in the next couple of weeks when rosters are trimmed from uh, – 85 players down to 53. So I'm sure, you know, I'm sure if you asked uh, Ziegler and he was candid with you, he would tell you that that's probably option number A is to take a look at the market then at that point. Uh, but if not, I, I'm I, exploring a trade, you know, has to be the next best option. Uh, again, you're, you're in win now mode. He made a trade last week of, uh, Tyree Gillespie. So, you know, he's he's not as he's not afraid to make big moves. And, and so I think if they're not going to address it through a free agent signing, then, you know, be on the lookout for a possible trade here. Whatever the direction they decide to take, the offensive line and their struggles continues to dominate all of the headlines. And it will continue to dominate the headlines until this unit can can show some signs of improvement. Okay, so those were a couple of the the negative takeaways. Let's let's now move to some of the good things that I that I saw from last night, and I actually saw a lot of good things. Uh, I saw a lot of players doing some really good things, so that was a good sign. I'm going to start with a couple of the wideouts, Tyron Johnson and Keelan Cole. I thought they played well. I, each of them really, to me, cemented themselves on the roster, in my opinion, especially with the release of Demarcus Robinson. Uh, they were both very active in the game, heavily involved early in the game in the passing attack. They combined for seven catches, 76 yards. I saw some I saw some nice route running from them. I saw good hands. I didn't see any drops. And and you saw some of the ability that they they have to uh, you know, run after the catch. Um, we know, we know now a lot has been discussed at length uh, of the that top heavy group of pass catchers they have with Adams and Renfro and Waller, but you know, with with Mac Hollins, who's going to be on the team, and, and Cole and Johnson, I believe, you know, this has to be one of the deepest uh, groups that De- Derek Carr has had in in the nine years that he's been with the team, and and because of the the depth that he's going to be having to work with here, and Josh McDaniels' play calling abilities, we should definitely see. Uh, Carr have one of his better seasons statistically. I'm looking at, you know, 30 plus touchdowns, I, I, you know, 33, 34, maybe even 35 plus touchdowns. You know, the, you know that the passing yardage will be there. He's going to be over 4,000, you know, 4,500 yards. You look to see those touchdown numbers improve, and I, and I think we will this year. Uh, in addition to a couple of those receivers, I like what I saw from from the the rookie running back Britton Brown, and you know he's a guy that most likely won't make the team because of the depth at the position. Uh, but he has the looks of a guy that I I think he can play in the league. I I really do. Um, you know, for a, a round seven draft pick, he's not the biggest guy. He's I 
Saw he's listed at only 205 pounds. I think he's a little bit thin still. He's a little wiry, um, but he runs hard. He, he really does. He runs hard. Um, and, you know, when you think about the uncertainty uh, with Josh Jacobs and his future with the team beyond this year, I, I think Brown could be someone that you could look to stash on the practice squad if you can if you can keep him, right? Um, and, and let him develop, let him, you know, get a little bit bigger, maybe, um, improve on some of his areas of weakness and, and maybe in a year or two, he could be a, a nice compliment to Zamir white, who, you know, in all intents and purposes, you would, you would figure would be the lead back of this team. So, uh, the running back room absolutely looks like a strength of the team. I still do wonder about Kenyon Drake. And what his status is, he's played a lot of snaps in these preseason games, the uh, last two especially. Um, also keep in mind, Amir Abdullah and, and Brandon Bolden, they didn't play, they had not played in the last two preseason games, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they did not travel to Miami this weekend. Uh, they didn't make the trip. Uh, so that tells me they're probably on the team, right? And, and that Drake is, is still fighting for a spot. That's what... That would tell me. Um, so he is one player that I believe is, is on the roster bubble right now. I wouldn't have thought that uh, just a couple weeks ago, but having seen how things have played out, it, it does appear to be uh, that way. Uh, the other positive takeaway from Saturday night, I thought Jonathan Abram quietly played a nice game. He did not listen. He didn't make any huge splash plays. Um and I haven't really seen many people commenting on him, you know, from what I've been seeing on social media and and whatnot. I, I didn't I haven't heard a lot of people talking about him, but if you go back and watch the game a second time, which is oftentimes what you have to do when you're when you're trying to break these things down and really get some good analysis of them, you have to go back and watch it the second time so you can really zero in on certain players and and you know rewatch plays two, three, four times. That's that's what I like to do. But um, if you go back and watch again, you will see that he was he was lining up in, in multiple different places on the field. He was used close to the line of scrimmage, which, as you know, I think that's where he uh, is best utilized. He was blitzing off the edge. He was disruptive in the backfield a couple of times when he was blitzing. They also saw him play that deep safety spot. Um, and, and he made that, that play where uh, he came up from the deep safety spot and, and laid a good hit on uh, a receiver in the middle of the field and, and, and you know, forced him to uh, cough up the ball. So, um, you know, I thought it was a good performance from him. I didn't see him make many mistakes. And, and that's where he needs to improve, uh, you know, to make those strides that you want to see from him. Too many times last season, he would make those big errors in, in coverage or whether it was an, uh, missing an open field tackle or taking a poor angle, sometimes the mistakes that he made were often glaring mistakes, and it really was kind of magnified. But, uh, you know, he does not need to be this all-pro, pro-bowl safety. Yes, that would be great if he was, but he just needs to not be a liability out there and just do his job. That That's really what they need for him. <clears throat> Excuse me. All that being said, again, I'm reading the tea leaves here. He played the entire first half of the football game, and uh, Deron Harmon was another one of those players that I don't think made the trip because I didn't see him out there at all. So common sense tells me Harmon is the leader in the clubhouse right now to start 
at strong safety. Nonetheless, I don't want to take anything away from Abram. It was a positive outing for him. I do have one more uh, last positive that I want to touch on from the game. Um, and it was it was about Jonathan Hankins. You know, it was good to see him back on the field this week at practice, returning from the pup list, and then getting some time in the game. That was a really good sign for him and for the defense. I don't have a number of snaps that he played, but he did show up a couple of times um, on a couple of different reps, made some plays. He had a, the tackle for loss, and then he had another play. I, I believe it was a third and one, and he 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 stuffed up the middle. And which led to a, um, I believe it forced a field goal. I think there was a penalty on fourth down. Uh, anyhow, uh, good sign for him. You know, I've had my reservations about the interior part of the defense. They got a boost this week with the return of Hankins off the pup list, as well as Bilal Nichols. Um, let's take a listen here. I actually have some some audio of Josh McDaniels. He was talk. He was asked about you know, getting some of those guys back on Sunday when he met with the media. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. Yeah, uh, it was good to see those guys back last week. You know, certainly we we have uh, um, now more depth than what we've been practicing with for sure. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, I think I think anytime you you add players back, uh, you know, in, in this case, two defensive linemen that, you know, we have, you know, some some hopes for, um, you know, it it kind of reallocates the repetitions. It re-slots everyone into a, maybe a role that maybe fits them, you know, perfectly uh, or better than maybe what we were doing before. Um, but you know, I, I I see those guys as guys that can contribute. Uh, they're certainly vying for different roles across the front on our defensive line. But I think now a, a position that I would say for the most part, Paul has been, you know, a little bit thin. You know during the course of camp has now kind of taken a boost here. And now I feel like we have some more depth up front, you know, some more combinations, you know, we bumped Kendall Vickers out to end a little bit this last week, you know, because we have a little bit more depth inside. So, um, you know, it allows us to make some moves and some decisions that maybe we didn't have the flexibility to make earlier, uh, which I think to your point, you know, affects and impacts the entire defense. There again, you heard from head coach, Josh McDaniels and, uh, the part of the statement that I, I most agree with is is the re-slotting that he mentioned. When you have guys that are out there, or out, I should say, not, not playing on the pup list or injured, and your depth is being tested, it can often put players in, in bad situations. I mean, it forces them to take on a larger role and play more snaps than what they're maybe used to or even more than they're maybe capable of. And oftentimes there's a reason why a certain player uh, plays less snaps or is used at, in a specific role. And, and when that role changes and they're forced to do more, it doesn't always work out, right? It's just because that player may not be capable of doing as much as they are being asked to do. So I thought that was that made a lot of sense there. Uh, but, but a really good sign for the defensive line as they get closer to full strength. Um, so, so those were some of my negative, um, takeaways and, and positive takeaways from the game. Uh, but before I wrap up this, this game review episode of the show, I do want to spend some time discussing, uh, the week ahead. There are a couple things that you need to be aware of that are going to be happening this week. Uh, number one on, on Monday, there is another cut down. Uh, the rosters across the league will go from, from 80 to 85. So five more players, uh, the Raiders will have to say goodbye to, that should help give us a little bit more clearer picture of, of how this roster will, will will shake out. 
Number two, the Raiders are going to be welcoming in the Patriots this week for joint practices. And and so it's a big week for the starters, the starters that we have not seen uh, get any time in these preseason uh, games. They're going to be lining it up for the first time in, for some live action against an opposing team. Obviously, we're not going to see it, but uh, if you're going to, you know, make sure you're following all those beat writers out there is hopefully they'll be keeping us posted on what's going on. But the Derek Carrs and the Max Crosbys of the world, they, they don't see any time in these preseason games. They're gonna give you, they're gonna be getting major reps here. Uh, and, and what these coaches always describe as a more controlled practice uh, setting. And, and coaches have always said they really, really enjoy the, the quality of work that they get out of these joint practices where they can, you know, set up a situation and, and really work it. So um, you know, some of the things that I am going to be looking for, some of the things that I'm interested in, in hearing uh, and getting reports on is, is how the offense is going to look. Uh, you know, we, we've heard bits and pieces from camp going up against their own team. I want to see how it, it all plays out against uh, a new look defense. You know, how does does Derek Carr and, and, and Devontae Adams, is that, how is that connection? Is it pick right up where we all believe it will? Um, I also hope to get some reports from some of the red zone uh, offense when they, when they work that segment of practice. But but most of all, you know when the ones are working against the ones for both teams, how will the offensive line hold up? And and who is going to be out there at right tackle this week in these joint practices? I, I think that will give you the answer to you know who's who's winning the starting job right now. I think it'll be very very telling. Uh, who's out there at right tackle this week? The the one other big aspect um, of of the joint practices this week that I think needs to be mentioned is Darren Waller. Will he play? How, you know, and if he does, uh, how much action is he going to see this week? How involved is he going to be? You know, he missed a lot of time in the in the last couple of weeks. He did return to practice last week, but he only practiced one day and then he sat out the next day. Uh, you know, so if he's out there, then, uh, you know, that's a good sign as far as his health is concerned, but if he's not out there competing, I mean, he may be out there in a limited fashion, warming up and going through, you know, individual, uh, drills, but, uh, if he's not out there competing, then, then, then maybe, you know, that's telling you that he's still a week away from, from being full go. Uh, but his status is definitely something that I will be monitoring, uh, all week, and and then defensively, I, I think what you want to see is is players getting back on the field. You want to hear that Bilal Nichols is involved in, in some capacity, that he's out there getting action. Divine Diablo, Trayvon Mullen, Denzel Perryman, guys who have not been out there uh, getting you know game reps in preseason. You want to see these guys out there, and and when you think about the defense. The defense has not been anywhere near full strength uh, during camp. There's been players out at all three levels. And so, you know, you worry that they could be a little bit further behind than the offense. Uh, in fact, I would I would almost say that with certainty that they are going to be behind the offense. And without seeing those game preseason game reps, they need some time to get some of that rust off and, and, you know, time is running out. I mean, I know there's, there's still, I believe 17 game, 17 days away from, from game, but, uh, you know, you, you want to start to get these guys, um, out in the field. And then the last thing that I, I'm hoping, you know, to get some info on is, you know, the combination of Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, uh, from all reports 
that Max Crosby has been unblockable at camp. I mean, it, it sounds like he has somehow elevated his game to a new level. I, the reports are glowing on him. Uh, he's picking up where he left off last season, just just you know getting after it. And, and so you want to hear that that is continuing. That that he is is continuing to create some havoc against some other tackles other than you know Brandon Parker and 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 uh, uh, Alex Leatherwood. So you want to see if he's getting it done against um, you know an opposing team with with some new uh, some fresh meat. Um, and, and then last you know the last thing that um, you know you want to um, keep your your uh, eyes on this 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 week is the preseason schedule wraps up on Friday across the league. Um, you will not see any of the starters in this final game. Uh, they will get their work in throughout the week with these joint practices. And then the coaches and, and GMs for all 32 teams are going to have to sit down over the weekend and, and make those tough decisions because the final cut is coming uh, on August 30th. That is also a Tuesday going from 80 to the initial 53-man roster. So, uh, there's a lot going on this week, and and it's really this we we are in the final stretch here for many of these players hoping to to land a roster spot, and uh, of course you know I'll be here uh, covering it all for you. I'll be on top of it. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast that way you won't miss out on a thing. All right, guys, that is my my wrap up of the uh, third preseason game, a 15-13 victory over the Miami Dolphins. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at egroat 5 I'm going to be posting a lot more of those those uh, clips that I, I talked about, uh, highlighting certain plays. Uh, busy week ahead here for the Raiders. You enjoy your week, and as always, just win, baby. <laughs> <laughs>